Hello and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Debbin. I'm joined as I am every week by Jason Derulo's body double, Mr. Shane Reeves. I don't know who Jason Derulo is. I'm sorry. I know when you explain a joke, the joke dies. He so there was a lot of controversy this week over a picture of him being taken down from Instagram as being much too uh, leaving very little to the imagination. It it wrapped around his hip. Oh, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> it was a compliment, Shane. Just <laughs> I, I, I will accept it. <laughs> no, I'm I happily accept it. And I might even feel bad about a joke I tell about you later, but I doubt it. Um, so, it is the season, and all, and we will talk a little bit about cigar gifts. But I did bring you your Christmas present early, so you could open it on the show. Oh, so we're uh, so we're I, jumping right into. I that? need you to open that before you light your cigar. Okay. Because you obviously the listeners at home have figured out why, but. I'm going to go ahead and have you pop it open anyway. Now, you see, you're, you're one of those people. I am. You open according to the seam and the tape and all that stuff. You no. have known me for four years, and you're telling me this surprises you? See, I tear into it with my teeth. I take my shoes off. I've got my toes involved. I'm, I'm really doing... Look at that. Perfect. You can reuse that. Yeah, you can Not reuse. saying you should or ought to. That's another story altogether. Well, you might. So... I will, I'm pulling it out. You're pulling it out now. All right. There should be two things in there. There, so the, there are. So this is the Rose of Sharon Desert Rose. Now, just so the expensive gifts impress you, my that was my wife's last Rose of Sharon Desert Rose, and she set it aside for you. Mm. So the expensive stuff should impress you. What is this? Now that's a that is one of my favorite things I have found this year. Man, I have that's purchased got some one weight to it. I purchased one for myself. We'll have to put a picture of it on the cigar cast. Am website. I doing this right? Yes, you are. Oh, how about that? So what that you, is phenomenal. So that's a cigar pick, but it's um, what would you? How would you describe that shape? The end. Looks like one of those universal connectors that you that all the body panels of your car are fastened with, unless you hit a raccoon, in which case they're gone. So what this is is this is the hold on, it's dark. The Boravis cigar pick. You can find them on Amazon.com. And this is the most well-engineered, best cigar pick I've ever seen. Wait, have you unscrewed the other portion of it? I didn't know there was another. No, portion so of it. unscrew the other portion of it now. Which. No, the opposite side. The opposite side of the... Oh, that's... that. Yeah. Now, unscrew the other portion of it. Oh, there's more. There is a pronged number in there as well. How about that? So, this is the interesting thing. As opposed to the old cigar picks that I had, one, the reason I ordered these for us is because they're shaped just like an ink pen. Yeah. So, that's, I was so... It, even has a quote from Mark Twain on the box, so I was very confused. Right, so you felt like I was giving you a high-quality pen, which yeah. is always a, a classic gift to give at Christmas. This but thing now, is phenomenal, Shane. Thank the, you. The pick on these actually will extricate a little tobacco. Well, see, that's that's the pick that I occasionally will borrow from you, 
because of a tight draw or something. The, it's twisted metal. Right. Not to be confused with a PlayStation game from 1997. Uh, or my name uh, in the gym, Twisted Steel and Sex Appeal. <laughs> uh, anyway. But this, this is barbed. Right. So, you know, whereas the, um, whereas the other one just kind of creates a hole but doesn't really clear a path, this is much more likely to clear a path to open up the draw. Well, I've been known to use a deck screw before. Well, and this is what I love about these. These are over-engineered, and I love yes. anything because... If it's you, worth doing, it's worth overdoing. That's right. Did you notice that the threads are approximately a quarter inch longer than they should be? Yeah, I did. I kept unscrewing it and kept right. unscrewing it. And so kept that way, it. it never accidentally opens in your pocket. You never accidentally harpoon yourself with it when you're carrying it around. And then it has the twin number on the end. Which can also be used as a criminal deterrent device if you should be so inclined. If if it becomes necessary, if it becomes an issue. That is phenomenal, Shane. Thank you. But I I ordered one for my... I ordered two of them when I seen them. And when I got them, I actually ordered two of them so I would have two. And then when I seen how over-engineered it was and the way it worked, I said, this speaks to Trey. This is the the best Christmas present for Trey because this speaks to him. And it's sleek, and it's, I mean, design-wise, it's very attractive looking. Well, and it's the same color as mine, so if I lose mine, I can just steal yours at some point. I mean, it really works out all the way around. I'll get the laser engraver out later. (laughs) Oh, okay. You're going to engrave a Mark Twain quote on it? But... That's just a high-quality, over-engineered piece of equipment. Man, I am tickled to death. I appreciate the heck out of that. You're very welcome. Merry Christmas. Thank you. And I'll, But I also wanted you to open that before we lit our cigars. Because, so, because etiquette dictates that I have to smoke that cigar now, doesn't it? Well, the fact that she took, that that's the last one out of her personal stash, and she gave it in the name of the show... It's okay. I will, but I want you to know that you are absolutely stepping on a joke that I planned from the humidor. <laughs> so while, <laughs> which I will explain in a moment. We're, we're in the joke ruining business around here tonight. So while you look up the desert rose, I'll talk about the cigar I'm going to smoke. I went in the humidor, and Tom came in there with me, and we were discussing what I was going to smoke on the show. And I said, you know, I don't want anything in this humidor more than I want a Don Lino Africa. So that's the cigar I'm going to smoke. I know I've rarely, if never, smoked the same cigar on the show twice. At least not this close together. At least not this. But this cigar is just, it's a seven. And it's a outstanding seven. People, it keeps getting better. People who follow us on social media will see that I had one last night. Uh, went to the Predators game versus the San Jose Sharks. It had a wonderful time. Great game. Uh, the Preds won. So at the end of the night, we were, you know, still amped up from being at a at a sporting event, and I wasn't sure. didn't really want to just go straight home and go to bed. So I said, you know what? Let's have a nightcap. And I went over to Smokers Abbey, and I I picked up the the Don Lino Africa, and it was a perfect seven. Absolutely. How, how late do they stay open? Do they open to like... Like 1 a.m., I think. Is it? I knew it was late. And also, the, back to the, the recipe, the wrapper is a Colorado Maduro in color, but it's an H2000, Habana Seed 2000, which is a hybrid between El Corojo, Cuba's standard wrapper, and a, actually a cigarette tobacco called Bell 6110. Hmm. So we're really getting in the weeds here about this cigar. The binder is Cameroon. Now, one of our listeners pointed this out to me. Do you know the other cigar that uses a Cameroon binder? 
Is there only one? Um, there's probably only one that I've talked about. I'm sure there's more than one, but there's probably only one that I have talked about fairly regularly on the show. I'm not sure. The CAO Zocalip ah. uses a Cameroon binder at a much different price point, which not not a lot, a couple of bucks different. Uh, Dominican Republic and Nicaraguan fillers made in the A.J. Fernandez factory, just the perfect cigar. Well, speaking of A.J. Fernandez factory, now that you've vamped long enough for me to pull this up, uh, the Desert Rose, which you smoked, was it about a month ago that you smoked this on the show? Yeah. Um, is also produced in Nicaragua by A.J. Fernandez, um, Ecuadorian Claro wrapper, and uh, to, to, uh, Nicaraguan binder and fillers from the Dominican and Honduras. I've got to say, just, just on mouthfeel alone, it's so classic. I don't know if you would agree with that having smoked it, but the, the, the smell before lighting it up and the taste is very, very classic. Well, my wife put so much work into being sure you got to smoke that cigar. Um, you're going to review it favorably tonight. But if for some reason it's not, just undo the first button on your shirt, and I'll know that it's not good, but we won't let her know. Okay? <laughs> We're going to do a physical symbol. Just in, in case you're not enjoying it, just reach up there and unbutton that button, and I'll know that that's what it is. Well, how many times on this show <laughs> have you seen me get this horrible grimace on my face and go, you know what, this is a good cigar? And meanwhile, I'm just choking. So we know, we know it can be done. <laughs> not that I would ever deliberately mislead our listeners in that way. But. Sure. Well, I've, I just felt the need to pick on you about that. But, yeah, so... Some weeks it's hard to do a podcast about cigars. Some weeks it's a you know information gets a little thin, especially I'd say the weeks going right up to the trade show is always the hardest time to do a cigar show because people are you know they're talking about what might happen, what does happen, you know, very little good information coming out. And then some weeks it just lands in your lap <laughs> until your podcast partner gives you a cigar that you that you have to smoke on the show, so it completely takes away the barb my, of the story. I, my thoughtful Christmas no, gift. I know, no. <laughs> uh, um, wow, that is really good. It just right out of the gate. Oh, it's an outstanding smoke. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so, okay. So I was going to smoke an Avo Heritage tonight, or as I was going to call it, the uh, Avo Unexpected Tradition, because apparently they're the same cigar. So this broke the other day. Jeff Borowitz was actually the first place I heard it about from Corona Cigars. Um, I just want to read a little excerpt of what Jeff said about this, because and, and Jeff Borowitz, he owns Corona Cigars. He's a great guy. I've always enjoyed being at Corona Cigars. Um, and he had an article about Davidoff basically has come out and said, sorry, I lost the article in Facebook as soon as I click on that. Um, Jeff Borowitz, here's his post. I think Avo is rolling in his grave right now. Well, before you get to his post, let's, let's go through the article because I think that lays the groundwork a little bit better than his indictment. It works either way. I was going to lay the. I was going to use his indictment to lay the groundwork for the other, but it worked either way. So okay, by all means, cover the article. Well, so the reason I say that is because it it really lays the groundwork for what Avo was thinking about the average consumer. You know, 
how many times have we had cigars from manufacturers and, and they unre- and the blend is unreleased? Oh, they didn't tell us anything about the blend. Oh, we just know it's Nicaraguan or we just know it's this or that. Well, it looks like Avo was in in the uh, well, in the business of doing that for underhanded purposes. First and foremost, I would like to no longer call it Avo. I would like to address it as Davidoff. Because I don't believe if the piano playing Avo of Asian was still alive that this would have stood. I believe Avo I, I would do have believe, told Mr. Davidoff to shove it. Yeah, I, I do think you're right. Um, so anyway, earlier in the year, Av- Davidoff released the Avo Unexpected line. Again, unreleased blend. And I guess they just hoped that the average consumer just wouldn't notice that it's that they are just rebranded. Of, of their old blends. Well, not even their old blends. These are blends or, or, that are still in yeah. production. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the the Avo Domain, the Classic, and the Heritage, and the XO. Those are, I mean, yes, they're current production, but they've been around forever. Well, which is the other thing. At least re-release, you know, one of your lesser well-known blends. These are these are your core lines. Yeah, the you know, the Heritage Toro. How many Heritage Toros have you put away in your life? Uh, four boxes worth at least. Yeah. Now, I smoked all four of these. I was not impressed by any of them at all. And, you know, the green is the one that I smoked that we all agreed smelled like old newspaper burning. Well, see, I was going to ask before or, excuse we... excuse me, the yellow. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask because I, I, I never smoked any of the unexpected because price point kind of kept me out of it. And availability. They went like hotcakes around here. So... Yeah. I mean, did did any bit of it seem familiar to you? No. But my Avo smoking is very limited. Generally, the I'll smoke the Heritage, I'll smoke the Fogata, and if all else fails, I'll smoke the um, the Red Label. Or the, not the Red Label, the... Um, the Green? That's the Heritage. No, the other one. Nicaraguan. I know, that's oh, a lot oh, of Oh, you're, you're not talking about the unexpected. You're yeah. talking about, yeah, yeah. I'm the, talking about what I would regularly smoke from Avo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the so, only thing I do want to say about this, though, is that it does say that the announcement of the blend composition was made on Cigar Dojo's Smoke Night live show. Do we, it's a YouTube, so I can't pull it up, but was it somebody officially in Davidoff that announced this or is this someone just doing a taste test and realizing they were smoking the same cigar? Scott Colisare of Davidoff made the announcement. So, of Davidoff. So, okay. So, he's the idiot. Well, so there's a couple of angles here. Let's talk, let's break this down just a little bit. We'll go back to Jeff's letter as a result later. So, here's my first question. How much does this matter to you? On a scale of one is not a big deal in my life to ten, I'm never going to buy another Avo again. How, what, where does this run? Where does this? And then where should it run for the average smoker? So, see, this is a tough question because I never, I never bought the unexpected to begin with, and and I really, I don't remember the exact price point, but I know that this heritage that I was going to smoke tonight is ten bucks. Right, they were about fourteen. Yeah, so. How much does it affect my life if I wasn't spending the extra money for, you know, the tradition green label? Not much. How much does it bother me is probably about a six or seven. This is greed for greed's sake. This is an intentional 
decision to dupe your average consumer that is just strictly money grab for money grab's sake, you know, because even if you wanted to try and say that this was some backdoor way of getting past FDA regulations, even rebranding requires FDA approval. So you can't just take the same old blend, put a new label, give it a new name, and let it fly through well, under the way the, the FDA regulations are proposed. So you couldn't even come up, in my opinion, with an excuse for why this is anything more than just laziness and greediness. So the article states, Scott Colasair opined that the series and the name created a level of intrigue among enthusiasts. You know what else does that? New blends. Well, and at fourteen dollars a stick, you mean to tell me you can't blend a new you can't blend a new cigar for that price point? Well, okay. So let's go let's go another way with this because now I'm of the opinion if I had liked the cigar, I would have liked the cigar. Right. And if and I wouldn't have I would have probably felt a little betrayed by Avo, especially if I'd went out. Oh, these are rare, and I've got to stock up because I may not get them again. Right. And then it comes out that they're regular production. I'd have probably been, I'd have probably been eighty percent ticked off and twenty percent not ticked off because at least I'd know I'd be able to get them again if I'd loved them. Right. But I didn't love them, so it wasn't a big deal. How much this should matter speaks volumes about who Davidoff is as a company. I completely agree. I, you know, does this mean that I'll never buy a Davidoff cigar again? No. Does it mean I'm less likely? Absolutely. So now let's let's step into the next part of this. The next, why, if you're in Davidoff, would you release this information? This should be skull and bones level, take it to your grave. If you're going to do something that is going to betray the trust of your consumer base, you better make darn sure that nobody finds out about it. Especially cigar smokers. Right. We you know, are a very loyal but fickle bunch. Right. We and we and we all engage in a hobby where we sit around and discuss issues. How many times have we talked about what a relationship business the cigar industry is? And the way you build your brand, whether it's in a brick and mortar or online or whether it's from grassroots or big marketing campaigns is by getting FaceTime with the people who are enjoying your cigars. Well, how many times have we had a decent cigar that the rep ruined? Yeah. And how many times have we had a mediocre cigar that the rep raised up? Exactly. And so for me, this is such a betrayal of trust that it makes it really hard to want to give them any of my limited cigar budget every month. But is this, or is this Machiavellian, is this genius on Davidoff's part? Davidoff says, okay. If you, before you go further, if you are going to make the argument that this is genius on Davidoff's part, I'm going to make you say that the same would be true of Nat Sherman. That, they're on the same level for me here. We'll, we'll, come, we'll circle back around to that in a minute because I don't, I don't see how the two things are even remotely related. But let me explain my conspiracy theory. So Davidoff's major competitors for the cigar dollar at their price point, um, Fuente and Padron. Yeah. Well, Padron is always going to be a Padron, and you're never going to compete with Padron. You're, everybody in the cigar industry is jockeying for number two. Right. Padron's number one. I mean, that's just it. That's just the fact of the matter. Everybody in the cigar industry, and I know people don't like to hear that, but that's the fact. 
Everybody's playing for second place when it comes to Padron. But Fuente and Davidoff, neck and neck. How does Fuente make a super large portion of their income every year? The Opus line. Not only the Opus, the, you know, the Añejo, um, well, the, you know, all the special releases. Opa, right. You know, it seems like for four weeks solid, every day I was getting an email from Austin saying, this special Arturo Fuente, this yeah. special Fuente, this special Opus Lost City, you know, right. home of the but Golden it, Goose, whatever. But it's the Opus Lost City. It's the Opus. So I was, I was kind of blending those all together. But yes. So if you're Davidoff and you're playing for second place and you would like to undercut Opus's ability on special releases to make bank, do you, okay, well, Avo can't sue Davidoff because Davidoff is Avo. Do you do something like this? Is this a move to discredit the special release hidden blend industry as a whole and bring Davidoff up? Are they that smart? Would it work? I don't think it. I, I don't think this works. I think this is a classic case of it. Don't point fingers at other people because there's always three pointing back at you. I think all this does is undermine th- their own brand. I don't think this cause spe- calls special releases into question across the board. I don't know anybody who's gonna really look. I mean. Because the thing is, you and I aren't huge Fuente fans. We're not huge Opus fans. But I can tell a difference between their Opus line and their regular line. There is a very different... Those aren't the same blends. And the thing is, they've even made documentaries, and they've come out, and they they share their blends. So we know know it's not happening on their side. So all they did was solidify their place as a bronze medalist, or worse, and also ran. So now let's step up to the next angle of this story. If you would like to read this story, you have to go to CigarCoop.com. Now, who are the two big news outlets for Cigar News? Uh, Half Wheel and Aficionado and Cigar Journal. Yeah. And if you go to Half Wheel right now, what's the first thing that pops up on your screen? Not this. It's an advertisement for Davidoff. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very, you know, they're highly sponsored by Davidoff. And Aficionado, same thing. Davidoff spends a lot of advertising bucks with them. So this article has never been mentioned on Aficionado or Half Wheel at all. And this is big industry news. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is, this is industry shakeup news. This is 1912 Black Sox news. Right. So apparently you can buy and pay for aficionado and half wheel. I knew you I knew aficionado was for sale. Half wheel surprises me. I was about to say the real disappointing thing for me here is the fact is to learn that half wheel is so easily influenced because I really did think they were one of the good ones. But okay. Now let now let's let's put our let's step off of our high horses. Let's let the high horse have a rest and let's be businessmen for a minute. Let's talk to everybody behind. So the cigar I hate the most, Gurkha. Um, there's not really enough money out there for Gurkha to sponsor the cigar cast and me to be able to own a clean conscious accept it. Right. Because then we would have to get in bed with Maxim Magazine, too, apparently. Well, yeah. And just this week, there was another one. There was just a <laughs> shill for Gurkha. Anyway. But, okay, it's not like... 
So Half Will and Aficionado are just not reporting this article. And I would argue that that's their right not to report this article. If they believe it's going to affect their companies. So you're talking more about a businessman from an aficionado and half wheel art standpoint versus an Avo or Davidoff standpoint. Right. Okay. I'm thinking about, you know, they've, they've got to look at it. Okay, yes, we would love to, to educate all of our readers about this. But see, this is where you and I almost always reach disagreement because I'm one of those people that I don't believe you take your integrity hat off to put on your businessman hat. But would you tilt it? Well, but see, that's the thing. I don't think you do. I think journalistic integrity is far more, just like you said, there's not enough money that Gurkha could give us to sponsor this show that would allow us in good conscience to put at least some of our integrity aside to take that money when we know that we're not supporters of the product. I feel like there's a certain amount of integrity that you have to have. And, you know, journalistic integrity is one of those phrases that we've heard for our entire lives. And I... Yes, I know it's going to hit your bottom line, but at the same time, for me, as someone who values my integrity higher than anything else, just because I'm putting on my businessman hat doesn't mean that I can look sideways at this. Well, okay, but now let me lay this out for you. Say two years from now, we have, you know, a half million listeners. Um, which means we've we've gained four hundred ninety eight thousand nine hundred ninety eight listeners exactly in two years, which is a great move. I mean, it's it's going to happen any moment now. But let's say we have a half million listeners, and this article comes out, and the Davidoff rep comes up with a check for a hundred thousand dollars and says, "All you have to do is not mention this article." Yeah. I take the check to the bank. I'm honest, man. I'm intellectually honest, so I don't have to say. No, this don't exist. I just have to not bring it up. I take the check to the bank. That is an interesting thought experiment because I, because you do raise a very good point. But at the same, but I think it also depends because half wheel, Davidoff is not their only sponsor, not their only advertiser. If if you're talking about us, where they would be our only advertiser, that's very different. Well, by the time we have a half million, we'll have a few more than them. I don't know. I I hate to say you caught me in a moment of hypocrisy, but I think you may have. But but it, I, I also just don't know the answer to that. I, I would have a really hard time accepting that check. If But now he's not asking you to lie. He's just asking you to talk about something else that week, to talk about the Gurkha tactical stocking on Maxim, you know, or something like that, as opposed to bringing up this article. But then, my, but then it goes back to the other, the other angle of this article is, why, why, why do you not have better reins on this guy to let this be released? Yeah, there, there is that. That's what makes my them trying to discredit the undisclosed era theory a little sounder, because there's no practical reason for this guy to release this information. No. There's and, no tactical benefit to it. And for Davidoff to release no articles combating this or confirming this? Right. This is just information off of one interview on one Cigar Dojo show. And all. So, and Davidoff has said nothing about it, which I, th- which I, I applaud. I think there's a lot of times when you're accused of something, the best thing you can say is nothing. Well, the, the cover-up is always worse than the action. But I think we're seeing exactly what, you know, they're not saying anything about it. And clearly they've stroked a check to Half Wheel and to Aficionado to keep them quiet on it. 
Right. So it'll be interesting because here's going to be the telling portion. If when Aficionado releases their top 25 list, the unexpected is on it, we'll know they're for sale. Yeah. And uh, we'll know that they have been bought and sold and packaged and delivered. Zero in- integrity whatsoever. Right. But yeah, I just, it, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough to know that you're, because the thing is, this shows a real lack of integrity on Davidoff's part. It, to, to intentionally mislead people to pay an additional 30% on the cost of a cigar is just, I, I can't see any any reason other than just okay because they have such little respect for their smokers. So we're running long on this. So I'm gonna I just want to wrap this up with Jeff's take on it. Jeff Borowitz, um, you can go to his Facebook page, and I'll, if you're not friends with Jeff yet, you should be. It's B O R Y S I E W I C Z. So I know I'm mispronouncing it when I say Borowitz, but he's a great guy. Yeah. Owns Corona Cigars. He actually ordered a Tesla truck a couple of days ago. Um, And his offer is, if you bought a box of the Avo Unexpected Cigars from Corona Cigar Company and you feel you've been duped because you thought you were buying a special unreleased blend, we will take them back. So he's willing. You bring in your receipt where you bought a box of Avo Unexpected, you lay it on the counter, and he will take it back. And all that's putting your money where your mouth is. It really is. I do want to, uh, as long as we're speaking kind of ill on Half Wheel, if you go to Half Wheel right now, I know we're running long, but we'll just shorten the back half of the show. The first article on Half Wheel as of recording is that Davidoff announces 18 new exclusive editions for 2020. Yes. How in the world does anybody trust this at this point? Especially when you look... um, the Davidoff editions are exceptional cigar creations with customized blends, each as unique as their countries, cities, and anniversaries. They were made to celebrate. There's, I'm, is, is, is he later going to tell us he's got a bridge to sell us? Is Davidoff getting ready to kill Avo? Because that's the question. Because the Camacho. Well, it's a good thing the Avo is already dead. Because he, this oh, yeah. would put him in an early grave if he weren't. So you look at it this way. Used to the. The bargain smoke was the Camacho, the step up was the Avo, and the top of the line was the Davidoff from a price structure. Right. Now, I won't say from a quality structure because I believe Avo far superior to anything Davidoff puts out in their regular line. I agree. But from a price structure, well, now they have pushed the Camacho up to the level of Avo. You know, I've said it on the show a dozen times. I don't smoke much Camacho because I can have an Avo. Why would I have a Camacho? You know, same reason I don't smoke Davidoff. I can have a Padron. Why in the world would I have a Davidoff? Um, is this the beginning of the end of them working Avo out of the line? It could be. And I'll, it'd be it'd be interesting. I would I would love to get our local rep, our local Davidoff rep here, off the record, and a couple of cold beers in him, and hear what the what's going on behind the scenes there. But anyway. One more thing before we get out of here, because I'm on, on this half wheel article about the new releases. Uh, one of the comments on the article was about why is why has this website not reported on the scam run by Davidoff Avo with the Unexpected series? The response from Charlie Menudo, who runs Half Wheel. Um, for what it's worth, Corona is a sponsor too, because they basically the initial comment basically said, "Is sure. it because you get money from them?" 
He said, that's not why we haven't written anything. I don't. I didn't think it was worth writing about. Patrick did. Uh, Brooks did not. I'm not sure what there is to write about it. The info about the blends, Jeff's complaint. The controversy seems rather limited to Corona in a certain corner of cigar internet, but not really in the mainstream. If a host or other real, uh, retailers were joining Jeff's protest and actually selling the cigars at cost, perhaps a story, but that doesn't seem to be the case at the moment. So basically... Turning a blind, like, how can you not say that there's a story here? Right. Yeah. yeah how, can, how can you not? How can, see, that lowers my opinion a half wheel even further. Exactly. He and that's why I wanted to bring that up. He could have just come out and said, as a businessman, it's not in the best new, best interest in my, of my business to comment on this. Yeah. And I would have been okay with that. Yeah. I mean, it would have, hey, let's, let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. I'm okay with that. Right. Okay, so let's step away for a break. We've done ran long. All right. We'll be back with uh, more after this. Trey here with this week's Cigar Etiquette Tip of the Week. Now, there are those among us that tend to be a little more flimmy than others when you smoke a cigar. Full of the juices of life. Full of the juices of life. <laughs> if you must smoke indoors and have to find a way to express this in some way and you leave a spit cup, throw it away. Don't leave it for the people that work in the shop to have to throw away and deal with. For you. You're not a llama. <laughs> so there is a segment of the cigar populace. That does, you know, one of my really good friends, when he smokes a cigar, he gets really moist. I mean, there's a lot of slobbering involved in him yeah. smoking a cigar. But he's always very careful with it. He always, you know, if you know, Use the paper towel method. That's right. Put a paper towel in the bottom of the cup so that it sops it up a little. Yeah. And all. And, you know, don't smoke among, you know, civilized people. And, you know, maybe this is, maybe this is more of a personal thing. I've got an absolute iron stomach. It takes a lot. I have... I've dissected human cadavers. I've, I, I've, I've been involved with some... Nothing will make me queasy and gag like seeing someone's tobacco spit cup. It's just one of the most disgusting things on this planet to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dipping is one of the most disgusting habits a man can ever acquire or a woman. And all. It's just a, it's just a disgusting habit to have. <laughs> I, lo- I love that Trey seen me throw the end a woman thing in there. But to, to not belabor the point, Take care of your slobber. If you've got a slobber cup, throw it away yourself. Don't leave it. For, and don't do the thing where you seal it back up either. That's not the same as throwing it away. Right. I'm sitting here right now. I can see five trash cans. There's no excuse for somebody's slobber to be untamed in this environment. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. It's one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from the man whose dream is to do traffic and weather together, Mr. Trey Dedman. I'm not sure I get the reference. Your dream? What, what's your dream job? Well, not traffic and weather, but to be on the radio, yes. To the morning radio show. Yeah. And what does every morning radio show have? They have two for Tuesday. They have traffic and weather together. They, you know. So it, ironically, the morning show that I listen to does neither. But if Two for Tuesday is a classic rock thing. Yeah, Two for Tuesday is probably a classic rock thing. And, or um, what is it? Um, Rocktober? Rocktober every year? They do do Rocktober. Okay, they do do Rocktober. <laughs> okay, do. well, at least they catch some of the cliches. Exactly. 
and all, but to, to traffic and weather together here on the nines. Is that not? Is that not what you know? Is that not what you would love to say every on morning? On six, eight, and ten, and yeah, we're, we're going to update this every thirty seconds. Three. That's right. Go down to the Jones Kia and kick, you know. Kick Scruffy in the nuts, and we'll God, give you we a free cozy. we are terrible cozy. improvisers. Oh, we man. We both got... To- but anyway, so let's get back to something we know about. Let's talk about cigars. Yeah. Tell me <laughs> about much, the... Much calmer this time now. So your shirt's still buttoned, so tell me about the Desert Rose. <laughs> this is this is really good. I, I will say, though, I got so animated during the front half of the show that I really wasn't smoking it quite... You were smoking like, angry. Yeah, I was. The smoke was coming out of my ears. Uh, so I haven't been giving it really its due. Uh, so I need to calm down, let you take over in the second half of the show and just enjoy the cigar. It is really, it is, it is so well blended. It mm-hmm. is incredibly smooth. Every flavor is distinct, but playing well together with everything else. Uh, I'm really, you know, I'm not nearly as big a Southern Draw fan as you are, but this is out of this world. Well, you probably have, and you haven't had the exposure to Southern Draw that I have. You I don't go seek so, them out in the wild. Well, but, you know, when I was living in Texas, where they're based out of, I mean, I was around them all the time, and I I had, you know, some of their core releases and things like that. I was never blown away. I enjoyed it, but I wasn't blown away by it. Um, and But they kind of fell prey to, like, so many upstart boutique cigars of being a little pricey. Now everything else has risen to their level so that they're not in that category anymore. But You know, and I don't mind a boutique being a little pricey as long as they're backing it up. Right. And Southern Draw backs it up. They do. And they do They do a good job naming their cigars. You know, the Rose of Sharon, the Desert Rose, the Jacob's Ladder, the, all of the, the Firethorn, all their cigars have names that make sense. Mm-hmm. And all, they're relatively innocuous. Yeah. Un- unlike when you say... The Supreme Leaf from Aganorsa is set to launch. I do love the label <laughs> on this cigar, though. That is just really cool. See, it's so to me, the label is it is beauty in its simplicity, mm-hmm. but it is simplicity for simplicity's sake. Yeah, but I'm I I like that. I do like simplicity and minimalism. You know, some of my favorite cigars are either unbended or very very minimalistly minim, mi, 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 uh, minimally minimally bl- oh, so Nicaragua Leaf has announced <laughs> plans for the Supreme Leaf a new cigar packaged in vibrant colors that will launch early next year at the Tobacco Plus Expo so um, we've talked a lot about Aganorsa Leaf this year Aganorsa Leaf has put a move on the market this year mm-hmm. I've really been impressed with um, would you consider Aganorsa Leaf a boutique or? Yeah, I would. See, I think they're they're, they're making a move. Certainly, they they are still a boutique, but it doesn't look like they aim to stay a boutique for very long. So, this cigar, the Supreme Leaf, will measure five by fifty-two. It's a dark Nicaraguan Corojo ninety-nine wrapper with binder and filler, also from Nicaragua. Evidenced by the presence of orange on the label. Yeah, it's going to come in 10 boxes, boxes of 10. Only 10 boxes, that'll be cheap. (laughs) Boxes of 10 that carry a brilliant purple and orange look. I think, like you said, it's very simplistic. I think the presentation is beautiful on this. I I really am. This, you know, we've talked about it before. Marketing works on me, and I'm not even ashamed of that sometimes. 
And this is one of those where I will absolutely have to pick one of these up, especially from an MSRP of $10. Yeah. The, now, the only thing that will hold me up on this cigar is the thing that always holds me up is the ring. The 5x52. Yeah, the 5x52. It'll be... Yeah. It'll be hard to enjoy, but Agonorus has surprised me, and I'm and I'm getting better. This is a Shane issue, you know. To thine own self be true. My issue with cigar sizes is a me issue. It is not an issue with the cigar sizes in general. Yeah. You know, I have an issue because I don't like to smoke tons of cigars every day. You know, this is my first cigar today. This Don Lito Africa, which is excellent. Yeah. And I'll and I'll probably smoke one more after the show with you. And all, and we'll sit and just kind of chat about right. life and all. But one or two cigars a day is going to be the limit. So if I smoke a small one, I feel like I'm kind of shortened that day. Well, that's where I feel, feel like this is the perfect arena for a hunting cigar for you. Because you do tend to smoke about an extra cigar a day when you're, when you're hunting. You know, you take one in the stand mm-hmm. with you, and then you've got one afterwards. And then... Depending on when you get back to civilization, you come up to the shop or whatever. So this is a great way to add a cigar to your day without impacting your day and not feeling like you're missing out on an experience. Well, you know, and I was talking to someone this weekend. I killed another deer this weekend. And one of my hunting partners was asking, do I smoke in the stand? And I said, it's very specific. Like Saturday morning, it was foggy and about 50 degrees. I didn't smoke. Because there was nowhere for the smoke to go. The smoke was just going to hang there. Now, if it's 18 degrees and clear as a bell, that cigar smoke is going straight up like a tornado. Deer will never know it existed. But uh, the other side of that is deer are remarkably curious creatures. We learned this week that my beloved Oscar, I believe, is going blind. Because we walked out a couple of mornings ago to go for a walk. And standing from... Me to my car was a beautiful eight-point buck and about a harem of, like, four does. And he never even noticed. But that but that whole family of deer all just stared and just watched. Even as we kind of walked towards them, they just snorted at us a little bit. A couple of them went back to eating because they realized we posed no threat. And then just... They were perfectly fine just scoping us out. Yeah, the, you know, he may not be going blind. He may be getting smart in his old age. You know, it's like when people say, okay, dog, my dog chases cars. What's he going to do with it when he catches one? You know, when a dog chases a deer, what's he going to do with it when he catches it? No, we went to the vet recently and found that he's oh. got something going on with his eye, but we didn't think it was affecting his vision until lately there have been several instances like that where I see things before he does. And you just shouldn't see things before your dog does. That's no. not how nature's supposed to work. Yeah, Ace always spots I'm stuff I'm going to have to get him a seeing eye chihuahua. <laughs> but anyway. Okay, so but this I am looking forward to the Supreme Leaf. But the Supreme Leaf, you're, that's a big boast. Supreme Leaf, that's a big boast for a cigar. That's a lot to live up to. It is, but if I know you and your relationship with Aganorsa, you are probably going to agree with their naming. Well, and the in conjunction with that, the guardian of the farm, Claude Lechin, returns for 2019. So this is a small batch, and a small. This is only going to be available at smallbatchcigar.com. And this takes your issue with cigars and just kicks it up to 11 because it's only going to be released in a four and a half by 48. 
Right. Short Robusto. And uh, it's a Nicaraguan Puro. It has a Corojo Rosado wrapper over a Corojo 99 and Corojo uh, Criollo 98 fillers. Not Corojo 99 binder, Corojo 99 and Criollo 98 fillers. I want to take a moment just because I'm and, – and poke a little barb at half wheel just because I can. Uh, consumers will be able to tell the difference between the 2019 and 2019 versions based on the secondary band. Maybe they should have taken some of that Davidoff money and hired a copy editor. Or maybe they released two 2019 versions. That's entirely possible. And on which, to me, we're what? 20 days from the from 2020? Why didn't they just, hey, fellas, let's, let's lay back and release this January 1. And, uh, well, $7.99 a cigar, but there's only 200 boxes of 25 of these being made. Yeah, I don't think you and I are getting our hands on these. No, I don't see you and I. I mean, the pricing's right. $7.99 a stick. That's not bad. And all cigar under eight. But having to go to smallbatchcigars.com to get it is probably going to eliminate us from... I would say you're probably right. ...from securing that particular stick. All right. But now we want to talk... Let's go from cigars I love. Let's talk about something that you like. Well, do we... Do I feel like... Do you want to jump to the story out of Memphis instead? I feel like I feel like that's... We've been incredibly negative this episode, and I'm just going to pile on if we go to the other episode (laughs) or uh, the other article. So let's talk about an article from Memphis. Top gang leaders have cigars with Memphis PD to discuss crime. How great is this? We talk so much about how cigars bring people of various backgrounds and walks of life together. And is there... Two more polar opposite groups of people than gangs and cops. Well, you know, it depends. Are we talking about, you know, they don't specify what kind of gangs. So are we talking about thugs or are we talking about businessmen? No, I, I get the impression um, that, you know, there, I mean, you haven't spent a whole lot of time in Memphis, I don't believe. But the, the gangs there are gangs. I mean, it's, it, there are parts of that city that are pretty rough. Um, but I just I love the idea that you know cops, cigars, and community that you and I have talked about the negative PR that cops have had in this country for the past few years, and I think this is a great way to really come out and try and reconnect with the community that feels abandoned by the police force in their neighborhoods. Well, so this is the brainchild of Sergeant Thurman Richardson. He's a homicide detective with Memphis, but before that, he was in. Miami. He's, he's tried this program, and it's obviously had some success. And let's think about it. Um, who's a gang member? Hey, I had a cigar with that guy last week. Um, you know, let's, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He's just trying to do a job and all. And we're, you know, again, it's the difference in gang members being thugs and gang members that are just having to be business in business that's illegal. Right. And uh, not that I'm coming out pro-gang. Well, <laughs> and he even talks, you know, there's a local football coach says, i got a 14-year-old right now. He'll rob you. I've got a 16-year-old right now. This man will kill you. You know, he's talking about these, these kids that are on a path of destruction. And this is a way for the cops to try and bring community and help make a change for the better uh, the, the, for, for everybody involved. Well, and we talked about this at the Abbey. Smoking a cigar is kind of disarming. 
you will have conversations that you normally wouldn't have with just two people sitting together that over a cigar. You know, two people having a cigar are going to talk about stuff that's a lot more in-depth than stuff that, you know, just two people happen to wander by each other on the street. Right. You know, we discuss the weather very little in this shop. We discover we discuss man's eternal struggle a lot. Right. Yeah, we, it tends to be a deeper conversation, unless there's a sporting event on, Well, for the most part. But. Yeah, but, and the, but I will say... One of the benefits this year, I have learned a whole lot more about college athletics. I am currently revising my opinions on college football. <laughs> and all because I have been learning a lot of the nuts and bolts of the playoff system and the bowl system and all that. And it's been interesting. And all, as a businessman, it's been interesting to me to just kind of see how the business end of it runs. Because before, it, to me, it was just grown men playing a child's game. But now I understand there's a lot more depth to there, that, a lot more below the surface. There. Yeah. Well, and let's I'll... cut the second half of the show a little short since we ran so long in the front half. I don't want to overload people, but I do want to talk a little bit before we do about the Rose of Sharon, the Desert Rose. I don't, you know, it's got a torpedo tip, which is usually something that I'm just not a fan of. So I was, I was concerned that that was going to inhibit my enjoyment of the cigar. But I've got to say, I'm putting this at a six and a half, six, six and a quarter, six and a half. Yeah, solid cigar. Yeah. And it's the perfect cigar when you're just in the mood for that mild smoke. But see, I would even put this at a mild to medium medium, you know, kind of between maybe three quarters between mild and medium. It's hitting all the right spots. It's not overwhelming in, you know, it's not hit you in the face with a lot of strength or flavor. But what it is giving, it's it's, it's like the featherweight boxers. You, they're never going to be the title fight, but they're going to make sure you leave feeling like you got a good show. Well, and it's relaxing. It's a relaxing cigar. Yeah. You know, it's not a cigar that's demanding of your palate. It's not a cigar that has a lot of high expectations. You know, and as far as the Africa, this is probably my 10th or 12th, still a 7. Yeah. I mean, still just hits me right, still what my palate. Every single one I've smoked has hit me that same way. I've never, I haven't had one, and I've had a couple of different sizes, and they all hit that 7. Yeah, it just hits right. So tell people how to get a hold of us. All right. You can reach us via email at info at cigarcast.com or on facebook.com slash the cigarcast and Instagram and Twitter at the cigarcast. Well, thanks everybody for listening this week. And until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Yeah.